0: Put on your fighting socks! This is 20 Questions Tuesday, the podcast where one guy... Asks another guy... 20 questions! questions. I'm David Brunell Brutman. And I'm David Reinstrom. Dave, what is up in your life? I heard you just saw a sweet play. I totally saw a sweet play. Tell me all about it. I saw the sweetest of plays. I would see uh, parts 1 and 2 of the stage adaptation of Wolf Hall. Oh, by, um, what's her name? Hilary Mantel? Yeah, yeah. So it's based on a two bricks of novels. <laughs> I was going to say a brick of a novel, but it is multiple bricks of multiple novels. Uh, the novels Wolf Hall and Bring Up the Bodies, which uh, chronicle the life of uh, Thomas Cromwell, basically the prime minister to Henry VIII. He was the first commoner, to rise into a, a major position in the royal court and one of actual power. Awesome. Uh, he's kind of one of the guys who established. Well, he established a lot of things, but he's kind of one of the guys who wrote all of the initial laws of England when England was transitioning from, like, hey, the king gets to do whatever, to uh, maybe we should be a society of laws. <laughs> Uh, and it was a big deal that he was a a common-born, I believe the son of a blacksmith who eventually rose up to be the king's most trusted advisor and essentially the first modern prime minister of England though his technical titles are here are all of the here are all of the offices that he held Uh, he was the Lord Great Chamberlain he was the governor of the Isle of Wight he was the Lord Privy Seal he was the master of the rolls, which sounds delicious. Mm. He was the principal secretary, <laughs> and he was the chancellor of the Exchequer. Did you see this on Broadway? I did. It was verily on Broadway. By, it was literally on Broadway. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, it's at the Winter Garden Theater. Cool. I haven't seen this Winter Garden, but there is a theater. You know where there is a beautiful winter garden? Oh, yeah? It is on the top floor of
1: the Harold Washington Public Library in downtown Chicago. Hmm. The next time you're in
0: Chicago, we should go there. I would totally like to see that. It's real pretty. That's just a gorgeous library. But yeah, the actors in this play, fantastic. Uh, The guy who played Henry was just spot on. Awesome. Really excellent. Highly recommended if you're ever in New York in the next, I think, uh, Two or three weeks? <laughs> oh, I'll get right on that.
1: So, what have you been up to? Uh, Well, recently it was Jillian's birthday and also Father's Day. So Woo! We bunch of stuff for
0: that.
1: Yeah, it was great. Woo. Woo! Woo! What did you do for Jillian's birthday? First, we went to the zoo. We went to the Brookfield Zoo uh, in Brookfield, Illinois. Cool. Uh, and it's, it's a very large zoo, and we wandered around... All day looking at all of our favorite
0: animals. Like, what my f- <laughs> is your favorite zoo animal?
1: Ah, uh, it's kind of a toss up right now.
0: I really love okapis. They're pretty great.
1: Those are super great. They got terrifying tongues, though. We saw one just feeding on little okapi pellets out of a little feeding bag along the side of its
0: enclosure do they it eat bugs just... do they have like really long tongues that they can like worm into logs and stuff no they've got like giraffe tongues they eat giraffe type stuff okay
1: it was just a terrifyingly long tongue it was like a giraffe with a gene simmons tongue
0: okay so it's a toss-up between an okapi and a wombat wombats wombat. are my
1: favorite yeah oh man they're so cute i just love the like the derpy little way
0: they trundle along the floor Are they trundly? Exceedingly. I don't know if I've ever seen, like, a video of one, or seen one move. They... have only seen pictures. Yeah, they... It's... They kind of waddle.
1: Okay. Imagine... Imagine a graceless
0: badger. Okay. That's... That's about the sum of it?
1: Yeah, a wombat is, like, 40% butt. (laughs) And it it, (laughs) means... It means that that accordingly, they just don't they just don't move very gracefully because there's just so much weight in their indestructible butts.
0: What is girlfriend Jillian's favorite zoo animal? Hold on, I'll go ask her. <laughs> Jillian says
1: her favorite animals are the great apes. Uh, she loves she loves uh, orangutans and she loves gorillas. Uh, there's a there's a little gorilla at. The Lincoln Park Zoo that Jillian has a very powerful connection with.
0: They like to touch the glass Did at she, each other. That, that's what I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it's a very it's a very y gorilla. It
0: sounds magical. Yeah. Uh,
1: but also, Jillian's new favorite animal is something called the Previst squirrel. The Previst squirrel? Yeah. Uh, it lives in Southeast Asia, I think. And it is one of the most beautiful squirrels in the world. It's like a tri-color squirrel.
0: like, how hard is that,
1: though? Uh, it's just got really lovely coloring. It's black and white and orange. It's just very striking. It's a very striking squirrel. Cool. Almost as striking as the giant Indian purple squirrel, which is so real, I will allow you to Google it right
0: now. What? Giant Indian purple squirrel? Yes. Let's learn about this. I feel like we learned a lot of things about animals while recording this podcast. True facts. Like just you and me personally. I don't know if the listeners learning anything <laughs> about animals. <laughs> Do but you, see you this and right me now? personally we are learning some things about animals. Isn't it beautiful? This is a crazy looking squirrel. It is it is giant and it is purple. Now look up Prevost's squirrel. It's kind of
1: blackish gray on the on the top side. It's got a black face with like white whiskers and then its underside is just this lovely ruddy orange
0: red. Okay, here's how my mind has been warped by pop culture. This squirrel's color palette is the color palette of Cerberus from Mass Effect. Oh. All of their uniforms are that same kind of black Oh shit. Orange, white.
1: Oh uh, no. Combination. These
0: are like the super scary bad guys, right? The human firsters? Well, first they're like mediocre terrorists, and then they're questionable allies, and then they're super scary bad guys. Oh, okay. It's a, you know, it's a process. Isn't it a beautiful squirrel? It is an elegant squirrel. There you go. So, so yeah, so we did so you that. So had zoo times. We had
1: zoo time, then we went and we got a um, really wonderful deep dish pizza at this place called Burt's. Yeah, you, you took me there once. No, 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 I mean, have we talked about Burt's on the show? Oh, I don't know, maybe. The thing about Burt's is it's this, it's this deep dish pizza joint in Morton Grove, Illinois. And you can't just go in there and be like, hey, I would like to have a pizza, please dinner for two, please? Because Sharon, Bert's wife, will come up and be like, hi, honey, do you have a reservation? you'll be like, no, but there's nobody here. And she'll say, sorry. You know, like, y- you had to have a reservation if you wanted to have a pizza because Bert and his wife are old hippies and they only make as much dough as they want to. Figuratively like, and literally. Like
0: No, no potential planning. No, like, we're going to Try to figure out a general amount of customers and make the dough. They're just like, fuck it. We only have to do exactly what we want. He is he is so determined not to waste any materials. Oh, that is that it? Okay. That's part
1: of it. Uh, that he only makes as much pizza as he feels as, as there are reservations.
0: See, I figured the deal was that they had become successful enough that they could just say fuck it. This pizza is so good. We have we have enough success with it that we can just take reservations and only make the pizza that we need. We don't even have to rely on people walking in. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's fucking phenomenal pizza. Thank you. It's really Long good pizza. It's my heart to hear you say that. Yes, because uh, in the tri-coastal pizza feud. Well, I was going to say bi-coastal, but you guys don't have a coast. We're the third coast. You're, uh, okay. I guess that's the lake. Is that the also, coast?
1: Who, yeah. Also, who says that California gets to be in this fight? Between, well, no, that's, like,
0: that's why I, they, they don't get to be in the fight, but I feel like when you say bi-coastal, that automatically includes LA and New York, just by default, you no, know, because, because of raps.
1: Their pizza culture can
0: suck a shard. Oh yeah, God yes. See, here's, (laughs) we've solved it. We've finally solved the (laughs) New York-Chicago pizza schism. Yeah. All we have to do is unite against the shittiness (laughs) of California pizza. And they don't care. No, they don't give a fuck, which is why their pizza's so terrible. There we go. Alright, I'm glad we solved this.
1: Let us shake hands as friends.
0: Man, we saved a lot of lives today, David.
1: <laughs> We're heroes. We are so after goddamn we got, heroes. After we got delicious pizza at this very idiosyncratic restaurant, we got on the road and we drove to Indiana to my parents' summer house to celebrate Father's Day. And oh. it was raining like crazy. I didn't tell Jillian at the time. I told her as soon as we got out of the car. Uh, But, like, that was the most harrowing, driving experience of my life. It was awful. Oh,
0: it was raining that bad. It was raining real bad. Was it raining men? No. I don't even know how that song goes.
1: It's raining men.
0: Okay. I was kind of close. It's
1: raining men. Then the next morning we woke up and we went raspberry and strawberry picking. Adorable. You know what is terrible? Strawberry picking. is it? Is it? Yes. I've never picked strawberries. Where do you imagine strawberries grow on, like, a plant? The bush part of it? How far off the ground do you imagine them being?
0: Uh, I guess if I had to guess, I would imagine them at the same level as, like, blueberries or blackberries or raspberries. Like, you know. Sir, you would be incorrect. They're just hanging out in the middle area. I don't know much about plants, though. All guesses are wrong,
1: because here is the deal with strawberries. They are on the ground. Huh, really? Yes. They just sort of grow out of this tiny little ground shrub, and then the berries are really heavy, and the ground shrub only gets to be about, like, a foot tall anyway, but then the berries bend over, and they're on, just, they're in the dirt.
0: Uh, and so the day after to a big rainstorm, in the mud for strawberries. Well, it
1: wasn't that muddy, but since it had rained so much last night, a bunch of them had like rotted and molded over and burst, and there were like maggots crawling in them. So we didn't pick that many strawberries. Gross. But we went over to the raspberry part of this you pick orchard, uh, and the raspberries are you know like blueberries and blackberries, well off the ground. Uh, yes. And that was way more fun to pick. So that was a lot of fun. Excellent. And then we spent the day on the beach on the shore of Lake Michigan, and then we had ribs and pie,
0: and then we went back to Chicago. It was great. That sounds like a straight-up motherfucking delightful birthday weekend. I can't think of any way that I would rather spend my time. You know what else is motherfucking delightful? What's that? 20 Questions Tuesday. Oh my goodness, you are so correct. Let's play that. Okay. Right now. Okay. We're going to go over the rules. Give me some numbers. Number the first. I will think of a thing. Number the second. David will ask only yes or no questions to narrow down the nature of the thing. Number the third. If David exceeds 20 questions, the game and reality as we know it is over. No more than 20 questions are permitted. Number the fourth. If David correctly guesses the thing in fewer than 20 questions, he wins the game. And we all get to live for another week. Number the stars. In this round, I'm banning the backs of knees. Fronts of knees only. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. You may ask your first question. David. David. What
1: year is it? Can I? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Let me do that again. But with a yes (laughs) or no question. You just said
0: yes or no questions only. Yep. But, you know. Points for effort. We've only done this 38 times. (laughs) David? Yeah? Does this scenario take place in the present day? Uh, no.
1: Does this scenario take place in the
0: past? Mm, No. Does this scenario take place in the future? Yes. The distant future? The year 2000. Uh, no. Not the distant future. Five minutes into the future? Approximately. Is it a cyberpunk adventure? No, I wouldn't describe it as particularly cyberpunk. I mean, it's no more cyberpunk than, you know, reality as we currently live it. Our current cyberpunk dystopia? Which is pretty fucking cyberpunk, as Uh, we've discussed. This is true. But it's not any more cyberpunk than our current corporate internet-run dystopia.
1: But is it more science fiction-y than our non-fiction present?
0: Very slightly. Very slightly. So it's the same except for one thing? Uh, no. No. It's just, you know, further into the future
1: than it is right now. Is there something present in the future that is not present now? Sure. A technology?
0: Um, eh,
1: broadly no. So this isn't a future in which there is robotics and artificial intelligences so advanced. That they are sentient. It's not one of those. Definitely not. No robots. I mean, there, there's robots. I mean, yeah. there's robots, sure, but like car making robots, not psychotherapy robots.
0: Right. Okay. Well, unless you count Eliza.
1: The Turing test passing computer?
0: Well, it's pretty shitty at the Turing test, but yes, it was one of the first attempts to. Actually, uh, Eliza was. But Eliza was initially programmed in the 60s. Really? Yeah, yeah, Uh, so for anybody who doesn't know, Eliza is this, um, it's a chatbot, it's the earliest chatbot, and it is based on uh, the personality of like a question-only psychoanalysis, psychoanalyst, Okay. question-only psychoanalyst, so you give it input, and then it tries to parse the sentence and rephrase it as a question to continue the conversation. And it was one of the earliest uh, chatbots developed wow. in the 60s on one of those giant computers that filled up a couple of rooms at a university.
1: Why were those computers at universities?
0: Um, because they could afford
1: them? Why could they afford them?
0: Oh, okay. I see what you're doing. What am I doing? Yeah, see, this is, uh, this is what I was talking about. What's what you were talking about? And eventually, you get them into a loop. What sort of loop? Well, see, at this point, the actual chatbot would probably do something to the effect of what is eventually you get them into a loop. Why would I do that? Shit. I was so close. Well, yes, you and I can play the game accurately. Sure. The robot is bad at it because it don't know nothing. That's true. I'm definitely not a robot.
1: Hmm. Let's get back to the game, though. Hmm. As I methodically check off parts of the thing. So it takes place in the future? It takes place in the future. Does it concern a human being? No. Does it concern an animal? No. Does it concern an intelligence of any kind?
0: Uh arguably. Okay. I mean but it, not really. Okay. So it's but not But it, there's there's intelligences involved. Uh is there a piece of software involved? Sure, there's a piece of software involved somewhere in in the process. Does this take place in the United States of America? Uh sure, yes.
1: Is there still a United States of
0: America? Yes there has to be. How many states does it have? It has, in a surprise twist, 51 states, but Alaska and Hawaii have left and they've been replaced by Mexico and a new state, double Mexico. So, D.C., And Puerto Rico are still getting
1: shafted by the federal government.
0: Yes, they refuse to make them states, even though they annex, somehow, the entirety of Mexico. And this mysterious entity known as Double Mexico, for which I can reveal no information. You said there were 51 states. What's the 51st, then? Oh, Triple Mexico. Oh, okay. That one's underwater. I can tell you about that. It's a sea colony.
1: So does it take place... In the electronic aqua warrens of
0: Triple Mexico? Nah. Triple Is it, Mexico isn't involved in any way.
1: Okay. Does it take place in a current major American city?
0: Uh, Does it take place in a current major American city? Uh, kind of. The city isn't important. So it doesn't concern a person? No. Or a piece of technology? It concerns indirectly people like multiple persons and it concerns less indirectly a piece of technology like there's a there's a definite piece of technology which is very important but it's it's not like the main thing that's going on it, it facilitates is the main thing that's going on dangerous to people sure is it a weapon yeah, it involves something that can be used as a weapon sure but it's not being used as a weapon in this case so it's five minutes into the future. Yes. Is the thing Is the thing you're For thinking of... For all intents a- and purposes, it is It is now. So, yeah. you know, don't think of anything crazy science fiction-y. Oh, uh, okay.
1: Here I was thinking, like, you know, because Blade Runner is kind of like five minutes into the future.
0: Right, right. Now, you should be thinking of something that we can... The scenario is something that we can almost do. And when it's revealed, I'm sure there will be people who are mad at me for saying it's something we can almost do and making it seem simple because it is very, very difficult. But we can almost do it. Does it involve space travel? Yes.
1: Does it involve the planet Mars? Yes. Does it involve colonizing the planet Mars? No, not colonizing. But human transit to Mars? Not human transit to Mars. Robot transit to Mars? No. Animal transit to Mars? No. Rock transit to Mars? No. Ghost transit to Mars. No, you were closer with rock. Plant transit to Mars. Yes. Ah! Okay, so... This is a... (laughs) Is this like a... Is this project sponsored by NASA? No, it isn't. Is this sponsored by some kind of private space company?
0: Yes, it is. An evil space company? I mean, depends on your interpretation. I don't think they're evil. I think they're pretty cool. Is it an existing space company?
1: Yes. Is it SpaceX? Yes. Okay. Are they trying to affect panspermia? Uh, that sounds gross, dude. <laughs> no. What I'm imagining is Elon Musk wheels out a giant cannon. Okay. So, it's in... Ma- is, is
0: the place... I'm Mountain sold in already. California?
1: Is it like... How the East Bay the South Bay
0: like the San Francisco Bay area uh I don't think so no it's like I said some... the specific location doesn't matter because it probably takes place like the whole scenario probably takes place over the in several different areas in several different locations okay I'm, I'm imagining then, for our purposes,
1: Elon Musk is behind this, and it's like the Black Rock Desert of Nevada, and he wheels out this giant cannon, and then a bunch of technicians just load a bunch of, I don't know, carrots and vines and acorns and, like, <laughs> corn kernels into the, into the muzzle of this cannon, and then someone, like, tamps it down with a giant muzzle tamping brush, whatever those things were. And they just
0: fucking shotgun Mars with carrots? (laughs) They shoot vegetables into Mars to terraform the planet. Well, David, you're completely wrong.
1: Uh, Does it involve terraforming Mars?
0: Nope.
1: Oh, does it involve sending vegetable matter to Mars? Yes. Living vegetable matter? I'm going to say no. Dead vegetable matter. I think these have to be dead. Yeah. So there is a an unmanned vessel going not to a, Mars. It's not unmanned. It is a manned vessel going to Mars. Yes. It's a spaceship crewed by dead plants. First of all, not
0: dead plants. A dead plant. There's only one, and I think it. I think it has to be dead. Is it piloting the ship? Yes. With its. Extremities. Doesn't have any extremities. Is
1: this like when you put a brick on the accelerator of a car? Did someone take like a <laughs> dead petunia in a <laughs> pot and just put it on the throttle of of like a spacefaring vehicle and then eject themselves out the back while this I like where you're going with this, but no. Is it the bowl of petunias that one of the missiles that (laughs) came out of Magrathia's self-defense system turned into when the improbability drive was
0: turned on in The Hitchhiker's Guide? Good ref, bro. Thanks, bro. No. It's a dead plant. Uh, Not entirely. Like, dead plant is closest thus far. A zombie plant. No. Is this a plant that currently exists on Earth? Definitely. Can I grow it? Uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, people grow it. Do people grow it in their gardens? Um. Uh, if you're using the term garden in the English sense of backyard, then sure. Is it a weed? No. Is it weed? No. They're not sending weed to space. <laughs> yet. So they don't grow it in their gardens. Wait, as did you in- hear about the. There's totally a porn production company that is they just selected the two people who they're gonna send. They're totally training a pair of porn actors to send them into space oh, so no. they can film the world's first space porno. <laughs> well that's I mean, the worst. You know, somebody was gonna do it sooner or later. Like you know that was gonna happen. I you know it didn't occur to me, I kinda forgot. Well according to According to NASA and space historians and other and astronauts, nobody has had sex in space yet. That's what mm. they say. I don't know if that's true, but that's what all the official sources claim. Sure. So thus far, that fuck has not yet been fucked. We haven't gotten there yet. So, okay, so this is a thing that people grow in their backyards. It's a thing that can grow in a backyard. Is it a tree? Ugh. I'm gonna give you too much. It's part of a tree. Is it leaves? No. Is it roots? No.
1: Is it branches? No. Is it the little uh,
0: spinny achenes,
1: whatever they're called? The. No. Okay.
0: The things that allow maple trees to reproduce by helicopter? Yeah. No, it's not this. Getting close, though.
1: Is it acorns? Nope. Is it acorn? Hashtag no Obama.
0: What? Do you even... Nobody even remembers this now. This is, like... Oh, I thought you meant, five- like, acorn as in an ear of corn. Like no. one... Like one corn... Like, yes, hello, I would like to order acorn from your.
1: No, remember, remember, uh, it was acorn, this organizing, this neighborhood organizing uh, institution? Yeah, that, like, and there would-
0: were like some young gun Republican operatives who infiltrated it.
1: Yeah, oh god, what was that dude's name? And they made a video? Yeah, they like did like a fake sting, but it was enough to make Acorn either shut down or change their name because everyone hated community organizers immediately after President Obama was elected.
0: Right. Because anybody you know who wants evil? to help their community is yeah. clearly the spawn of Devil Satan. So it's kind of close to an acorn. It's close to an acorn. Yeah, like, you're getting in the right direction. Is it a seed? Uh,
1: Is it a a nut? No. David, what if I don't
0: know what it is? What if I don't know enough about trees? You definitely know what this is. You have held one in your hands, I promise you. So no, it's not a nut or a seed. Hmm. But it's something that that functions like a nut or a seed. Is it a particular kind of tree? Uh, Yeah, it would have to be from a, a particular kind of tree. Not a hyper-specific one, but broadly. Is it a pine cone? It's a pine cone. I see. Okay. So yeah, it's like... It's not a plant because it's part of a plant, and it's mm-hmm. not like a nut or a seed because it like contains... The, um, it's a fruit, right? Isn't isn't a pine cone technically a fruit? Nah, it's a cone. Like, it's its own thing. It's its own thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's whole own thing. Because so fruits a have to come cone... out of flowers, right? All right. So a
1: pine cone is piloting this ship to Mars. Correct. Does it have little arms that come out of the pine cone?
0: Pine cones don't have arms, David. <laughs> I know that. So it's just a pine cone. It's a pine cone. So what you've figured out thus far is there is a pinecone piloting a SpaceX rocket to Mars. <laughs> Why is the pinecone piloting the SpaceX rocket and what does it achieve?
1: This is the sound of me throwing a pen down angrily in disgust.
0: Man. Keep in mind, given how far in we are at this point, the answers to both of those questions are devastatingly simple. Does it want to become the first pine forest of Mars? Uh, it wants to become the first something on Mars. This
1: pine cone is going to be the first Earth resident on Mars. Yeah, it's the first, it's the first Earthling on Mars. As long as we're playing fast and loose here, it's not the first non-living Earthling to set foot on Mars, isn't the Curiosity rover? Like, the first Earthling? Or isn't any Mars rover, like, an Earthling on Mars? What? No. Those are robots. Oh, they don't okay. count.
0: They're not astronauts.
1: All right. Uh, future robot tribunal in the year 2056. I would like to uh, present this as Exhibit A in the trial against David Brunel Brutman Sr. Esquire in his trial for anti-robot prejudice please feel free
0: to haul him off to the robo gulag. My future actions after recording this podcast will show me to be a robo friend. You'll see. (laughs) By the time they review this evidence, both of my arms and legs are gonna be robot arms and legs. What am I supposed to figure out? Why is it a pine cone? The fact of it's being a pine cone is irrelevant, but there is a reason that this specific pine cone has ended up being the first astronaut on Mars. Oh, like something happened to it when when in the past.
1: The, yeah. When the ship left Earth, did it have non pinecone cone occupants aboard?
0: No, just the pine cone.
1: Just the pine cone.
0: Yes. The pinecone so is psychologically like- resilient and can endure uh, many days in space without companionship. So it wasn't that there were humans
1: on the ship and one of them brought along her lucky pinecone and then they were all killed by interstellar radiation and only the pinecone survived and this like... No, no, no. This spaceship full of human corpses touches down on Mars and this pinecone tumbles out. The, the lone survivor. The pinecone is a highly
0: trained private astronaut. But it can't move on its own. Well, sure it can. How, how do you expect it to, like, get around the inside of the spaceship? You said it has no appendages, it has no arms and legs! No. Of course it doesn't, it's a pinecone. <laughs> Does it flap its little pinecone bits? To, like, squirt around like a cuttlefish? Pinecones cannot do that, David. Have you ever <laughs> seen a pinecone do that? Does this pinecone do anything that an actual pinecone cannot do? Yes, it pilots a spaceship to Mars. Just
1: do, it. <laughs> do this pine cone beat out a bunch of other pine cones for this position?
0: Uh it's actually yes, but um there's an earlier part of the scenario which is actually kind of the reverse. Uh is it a private
1: astronaut because NASA wouldn't okay this journey? Yes it is a private astronaut oh 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 this so this pinecone has dreamed all its pinecone life of being an astronaut yes but NASA wouldn't take it yes so it worked its way up into the ranks of SpaceX exactly and now in its crowning achievement gets to be the first Earthling to set cone on Mars
0: correct 100% you got it so David Yes, Dave. What was I thinking of this week? You were thinking of a spacefaring faring pinecone in the employ
1: of SpaceX that is traveling to Mars in a spaceship so that it can be the first Earthling to be on Mars.
0: Yes. And it is a private astronaut because it was rejected by NASA. Poor pinecone. I know, NASA doesn't want pinecones. It's their loss, though. That's racist. They don't get to have the first astronaut on Mars. Let's head on over to the Scoratorium, David, and see how you did. Very well. Oh, this is nice.
1: You didn't tell me you relocated the Scoratorium to a peaceful Swedish pine forest?
0: Yeah, you know, I feel like it's very relaxing. You know, when you you come to hear your score, you want to just breathe in (sighs) that fresh mountain scent. That fresh Swedish air. yep, Laced with opium. Ah, That's why it's so relaxing. I thought that was cardamom in the coffee. David, you know what you got for this uh, round?
1: Yes, a giraffe told me. He brought me his calling card on a platter made of pewter and diamonds.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> well, it's good to know the drugs are working.
1: <sighs> what did I get? Mr. Giraffe.
0: David, you got this 20 questions Tuesday. Yeah? In 12 questions.
1: Yes! Oh, today is a great day.
0: Pretty good. Thanks, Mr. Giraffe. I cannot stress this enough. Mm. I am not a giraffe. Ah, that is fast-acting opium. I'm back. Then in that case, that's how you play 20 20 questions questions Tuesday. Tuesday. So, listeners, here is our new plan. Yeah. We want to show our appreciation for you. We also want to claw our way up the rankings of iTunes. Like a, like a lobster in a pool of other lobsters. We'd like more people to be able to listen to the podcast. Uh, we have noticed, looking at our statistics, that the majority of you listen through iTunes. So we'd like to kind of move up the rankings there, get some more people to listen, spread the word. If each of you pledge to tell ten thousand friends, we will beat Night Vale by
1: two thousand
0: twenty-seven. We can do it. We can do it. So what we're going to do from now on is, whenever somebody leaves us a review on iTunes, we are going to thank them by name on the podcast to show that we love you and we appreciate you. If it's a good review, if it's a bad review, you can hate us with all of your guts. You can love us with all of your different guts. We don't care. We're going to thank you on air because just by leaving a review of any sort, you're helping us out and you're cool. So who do we have this week, David? This week, we'd like to thank iTunes reviewer Sparklezite, whose review title is 20 out of five. Higher praise is not mathematically possible. Thanks, Sparklezite. If you like the show, you can follow SparkleZite's example and leave us a review on iTunes. Just search for 20 Questions Tuesday on the iTunes store. You can give us a star rating or leave a written review, and we'll thank you on a future episode. For special bonus content
1: and show notes, you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 20QuestionsTuesday and follow us on Twitter at 20 questionstues And you can keep up with everything we do at
0: 20QuestionsTuesday.com. Our theme song, as always, is Blood Meridian by Curlew, licensed under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. The music you heard under the show this week was by Revolution
1: Void, licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license. If you'd like us to use your music, message
0: us on Facebook or Tumblr. Up next, stay tuned for The God Couple, the show about a priest and a rabbi who have to learn to live together. I'm David Brunel Bruttman, And I'm David Reinstrom. Good night.